Good morning and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Morna, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's guys? A disappointing, uh, another one point. Well, first throw of the season, but two points dropped, I feel, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I think going into the, the match, I think most of the Arsenal fans were in, you know, quite a beat. Uh, you know, coming off already that loss, I thought we were going to expect, you know, quite a sort of backlash from the, the, the players. But um, as we're going to now go into the match, I don't know, for me, it, it seemed we did everything like in fits and starts. And I, I mean, for our home game and also North London derby, I expected, you know, quite a bit more than, you know, what we eventually got to see about the game. I think everybody went a bit conservative with the three in the midfield. Yeah, I thought he would have started the likes of Sevayos perhaps to be more advanced or you know, try to get the grip of the game because we know our Arsenal team isn't the strongest in defence, so the more we have the ball, the better. But it seemed like Emery showed the Spurs a bit of respect going with the three in the midfield. But you know what? What uh, sometimes gets to me in a way also with the way he sets the team up. Um, you know, I think you and I always be hopping on about you know, having just one player shield the defense, and you know that is his job for the duration of the game. Not, uh, you know, not adding uh, bodies to the box, to the opposing box, or you know, adding bodies to attack just to sit. Because I mean, look, as we now going into this game, I mean, uh, uh, we 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 don't have that type of player. Yeah, because like the it was just said. Yeah, because look, the first nine minutes, okay, we did dominate the game because look, with with Donaldson Sanchez playing. In his, you know, not, he's not really a regular at right back, but I mean, since they had also emergencies with with lots of uh, injuries piling up for them, he had to play at right back, and I thought that is where we're gonna, you know, hurt him really. And I mean, for most part in that, that that opening spell, Aubameyang was getting the number on him every time. Kolasinac as well, yeah, on the overlap. For, for me, I, I just feel like this Arsenal team lacks a bit of discipline, man. Like. Like with the the Davidson Sanchez, where he was quite, um, he was the weak link on the side. But when you look at Arsenal, the the, the goal we've conceded, it took one long ball from Hugo Lloris, two guys going for Harry Kane. He is quite strong in the air, so maybe if you Socrates pull back a bit because he's probably going to win the ball in the air. But two guys on that, it kind of leaves Son open. Within Xhaka, when he loses the ball, does not he just tracks back, he doesn't chase after Son or and then Guendouzi leaves a gap for, for, for Lamela to go through and there was a whole lot of people not marking the guy after a whole mess up with two people going for one ball and I feel it started with a, a harmless Hugo Lottis ball from his own box, not having to outplay anybody Kane wins it, people are losing their runners all over the show Lamela, I mean, we were watching when I was watching that goal, if you watch it again, you could see there was a goal waiting to happen, yeah. then Leno has a weak hand, knocks it to um, it was eventually Ericsson who slots it in, but it was a culmination of individual error after error after error. Instead of composing yourself, I know it's very difficult at a high frantic pace, but get it, you, it's basics like in soccer, when the ball breaks loose or something like that, you go to your nearest man and you just follow him because it does all people are all over the place. If you watch that goal again, you'll see there were just spurs runners running alone. Because, I mean, look, with that whole breakdown of that goal now, like, from my perspective, I mean, you've got, like, two of the most senior players in our team going for the same ball. There's no communication. Like, I mean, nobody is giving anyone a shout. I fully agree with you. I think Socrates could have, laid, you know, stood back, stood off. 
Because, I mean, either way, Harry Kane was going to win that ball against Shaka. I mean, simple, you know, uh, you know the way you can figure out that out. And, I mean, that uh, it takes one little freak on like that. It takes about two or three players out of the equation. So you need to take that other move that you mentioned where Son is going to play in Lamela. It takes, again, about two to three Arsenal players out again. Everybody not knowing really what they're doing. And by the time that, that uh, the, the Lamela gets himself into the box, I mean, it's not even a fantastic shot. I mean, he's just... It was like just aiming the ball goalwards. I mean, I think it was just more like wide of like a normal, like a stock standard keeper save. But again, like quite weak hands by Leno. Because, I mean, for me, I actually thought he was going to, when I saw the pace on the ball, I thought he was actually going to just land on top of the ball and save it. That's it. But when I saw him... Me, like, me too. Like, like, I mean, he literally just palms it onto the, the foot of Ericsson. It was a combination of individual errors, and that is the best. That is Arsenal at the moment. I mean, we're not losing games because of teams like you know really overpowering us. You look at Liverpool's game, yes, Salah and Emwa, I know quite good, but you look at the corners they were given. They were given so many corners. Eventually, instead of going for the man, people were pulling each other in the box instead of trying to you know, win the ball. Then you have the second goal. David Luiz loses his head, pulls on the man, but that's because. Um, Xhaka allowed an interplay and a cute pass of Firmino, I think it was Firmino or Mane, for Salah to go through. And the second, the second, the third goal was, you know, David Luiz coming out, but probably trying to snuff out the danger on another day, like you mentioned, yeah. if he wasn't on the yellow, yeah. he would have slid him out. Yeah. So it's individual errors that we, we're conceding, and it's like a build-up of individual errors. It's not like the team had to work hard. I mean, Spurs' goals, come, come on. And I mean, like, look, okay, 18th minute, I think Leno then pulls a fantastic save from Son because, again, you know, we end yes. up, at, at, I think it was our ball, and we end up also losing the ball in the corner there. And the ball gets intercepted because I think it was quite a weak back pass by Pepe, which got intercepted. And then, of course, Son gets played in. And, you know, as Son lays the ball off, I'm thinking, okay, you know, we've got the situation under control because all we're allowing them is like kind of pot shots. But I mean, when I saw Xhaka come sliding in, like, you know, totally, you know, under no real pressure, because I mean, Son wasn't even like really having a desire to run at goal or make a, you know, a darting run in the box. He just wanted to lay the ball off. That was it. And Xhaka comes in with this needless, heavy, heavy tackle in front of the ref as well. And I mean, penalty. I mean, I, you know, I had also no qualms about it. I mean, it was Stonewall. Yeah, me also. And and they also, I mean, you look at how that, 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 that goal comes about. I mean, Ericsson gets that free kick because, like I said, I think it was at Lamela. He just came in from behind and tried to win the ball back. He hacked him. We yeah. win the free kick. Leno makes a save in the corner. Instead of going down, he's also putting the ball up forward. He tries like to, we try to be too clever for ourselves. Plays it to Pepe. Pepe doesn't snap out the danger. Harry Wings comes in, pops in, gets the ball. Like you said, plays it to Son. And then... Xhaka just loses his rag for some reason as captain of Arsenal Football Club to go and do that in the North London derby. That I know Patrick Vera had a temper, but you would never go and slide at someone so openly in the box for a penalty. And I mean, like you said rightly, 2-0 Spurs because of Arsenal individual errors. And I mean, you know, what you were also mentioning with, with uh, Quindosi, you know, when I saw him running like that, I mean, like when you got to see now the replay and all that, where he, like with the errors and that, that now also comes from that free kick that, that wasn't like clear, right? You know, your head was like, oh my head was actually thinking of, you know, somebody like at Real Madrid back in the day, Pepe. That's yes. That, he, he probably acted all almost out of the stadium, <laughs> right down yes. to the goalkeeper. 
Because, I mean, you, you cannot, I mean, as, as much as you want to try to play the fancy football, even the best, I mean, you've seen Man City, you've seen Barcelona. If they want to have to clear the ball, they're going to clear it. They're not going to do that little fancy, oh, yeah, we're going to pass ourselves out of this corner and try to start the move. And it's almost like we are trying to be almost like too overcomplicated with stuff and then we end up getting caught, like, you know, being kicked up the arse by doing stuff like that. We, we fought to open as well. I mean, there was a time in the first half as well where Son, um, they just in the count and Lennon pulled off an amazing save from Son, but it came from an Arsenal attack. We were in their box. I don't know, we dilly-dallied. The ball got taken off us. And then I think it was Son who just broke down the down our right-hand side. And you're looking, it's only David Luiz at the back. And then it became a three-on-three three almost. And yeah. you're like, guys, it's 1-0 still. I mean, why are we open like this? They almost made it 2-0. With a, um, luckily, Leno got the good hand to that shot of Son. But I mean, surely, like, you know, you're chasing a game, but you needed one guy with the defense. Like, you know, it was like a 5-5 a five, uh, five, five almost the way you, you, you play. With, with uh, that move that you're talking about now, I mean, what was kind of pissing me off was, I mean, you had somebody like Torreira playing in a, like a number 10 role at times. And I mean, surely, I mean, either him or uh, Torreira, uh, sorry, him or Guendouzi have to now somehow discuss, look, one of us will have to stay back because at the end of it, I mean, as much as you, you were saying now that, you know, the conservative lineup, at times we were going so gung-ho, you know, almost like the complete polar opposite of that now. So we had like almost like all our midfielders plugged in the in the Spurs half or, or quite deep in the Spurs third of the pitch, and then it's like we got nothing. Like the minute like one long ball gets played over, we are done. We are done for. Yeah, and and they just took one oof, and then it like you know comes to us. But you know, and and, and look when that goal happened, it was like in that that range I'm talking about. We Arsenal always conceding, yeah. like. That, that last 10 minutes of a half, Arsenal, I don't know if the concentration goes completely and then they concede the goal. It's, it's, it's happening. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Is Emily not seeing this, that a lot of Arsenal's goals, which kicks off a catalyst for the team to, you know, take on Liverpool scored. What is it? The 40th minute or something like that last week. 41st. Um, 41st. And then the, we had Spurs as well with a penalty now to make it 2-0. It was also around the 40th minute, wasn't it? Yeah, 39th minute, yeah. You, you see, uh, so, uh, like, is Emery not... Are the guys tired at the end of the half? Or what is happening that's allowing this? If you go back to last season, I'm sure if you take away point... Like, the, the goals we conceded on the edge of half-time, uh, if you maybe uh, might actually have a look at that, I wonder how much points we would have would have um, won last season if, if we didn't concede just before half-time. And then, I mean, of course, Pepe then manages to force a save from Loris, I think 40th minute also. But, I mean, it was yeah. also quite a t- like, you know, very tame shot. Like, I was expecting, you know, trying to hit one of those rockets into something like the top corner, but, okay, that now fell flat. Um, also, then started upping the ante, you know, going as we were now closing in on halftime. And, I mean, uh, the breakthrough then came when Lacazette managed to juggle the ball between Alderweireld and uh, Vatongan, and then just smash a superb left-footed shot pass. Loris at his near post. 2-1 Spurs. But Arsenal back in the game. They gave us a lifeline. And if you look at, you know, you always you mentioned to me privately, I think, a lot, end of last week, like after the game, where you said that um, Pepe did more damage on the left-hand side. And he kind of was on the left-hand side when he managed to assist the ball for Lacazette to smash it in. Yeah. It was also, but I think it also with that, it was also pressure from if you look at the replay, I believe 
when Josie was also causing a hell of a lot of pressure like throwing his body and you know almost like forcing Spurs to you know almost like making mistakes because I think Spurs if they had a, like a calm head trying to get the ball out they could have probably dealt with it but everything that was happening like look Danny Rose hung too long and the ball got you know dispossessed by Pepe forcing the ball now back infield with it and I mean then it started almost like leading again with them with uh, like areas where you could see their flaws again that they had, you know, in defense. Because then it's not like they, it was like a, a playing hot, a game of hot potato because nobody really wanted the ball. They were just hacking it, you know, left, right, and center. And I mean, by that time, Arsenal now, you know, starting to smother them and then force that goal of luck. As it. But I mean, going to halftime 2 1, the crowd were also a bit more upbeat now after that, you know, that shock of going 2 0 down, 2 uh, 0 down, yeah. But I mean, second half, you. Then I've also expected some sort of backlash. The only thing I was quite surprised with, I thought he was actually going to make, Emery was going to make a, an immediate substitution. But I mean, he still wanted to, you know, see it out a bit for the second half, which he, you know, he did. I read an article like, just on this game, as like how Laka said, actually spoke to Socrates in the tunnel, like, you know, pointing to his head, almost like, you know, keep your head, keep your head. And I know you mentioned, like I said, to be a future captain of Arsenal, but I think he does show captain material from time to time you know i know he has those straps when he gets taken off but he actually is very like he speaks to the players and he keeps the car made in the team so you know a future captain i think we could see like i said and then like quite early in the second half Guidozzi then forces a fantastic save from loris i mean i think the movement the passing and movement from arsenal was superb like you know leading up to that chance because it was also the reason i said it was fantastic save by loris i mean he was positioned, I think, when the shot came in, he was already in the middle of his goal. But, I mean, he had to now, you know, take a, almost like a jump and still stretch and then push the ball away because you could see Gwendozi's shot was, you know, going to go in. And then, almost like immediately from that opportunity, the attention switches again to the other side of the field, which came now, Kane slips his marker, Socrates, and I don't think that talk really helped with him much. Uh, with, <laughs> because he completely slips uh, Socrates, you know, and then fires a shot against the post. I mean, Leno's, uh, you know, completely beaten. But, but I mean, what does Socrates do in that uh, time the ball now bounces off? He's putting his arm up, appealing for offside. <laughs> and, I, I think Stuffy uh, rubbed off on him a bit too much, eh? I mean, look, you've played football even from, you know, uh, Bambini or that you know, mini the, uh, league uh, that you were playing for as a kid. And I mean, even then you are taught already, you play to the whistle. Why are you always yes. like, I mean, every time, almost like whenever we make an error, <laughs> uh, goes, our players are standing with their hand in the air. Why? I, 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 I tell you what, it gives me a bit of hope that, that VAR is going to come in, maybe, <laughs> and you know, say, go this aloud, because every time I'm standing like that, I'm like, is it offside? Is it actually offside? I mean, every time I see that, you know, I, like sometimes you think, okay, VAR can give you that kind of false hope. But I mean, I know if it's going to be someone like Socrates or even like last season with Mustafi, you know, nine times out of ten, the ref is right. They got it wrong completely, the, these players. But I mean, they standing, I mean, do they do that in training as well? I mean, surely you have to, <laughs> you know, be in that sort of zone when you're playing. But at times, calamitous defending. And I, I think even... Uh, Alan Shearer was a city. He said, like, watching Arsenal play, or sorry, watching Arsenal defend, is like watching a Sunday league team in England. Uh, it, it is really bad. I mean, Spurs aren't too far off us with defending, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Agreed. 
And but then, then I think the, the, the substitute of Seba was, you know, coming onto the onto the pitch. I don't know if um, that maybe sparked the game in life, but I think Seba should have been on the field much earlier. Uh, you know, one thing also, look, of course, hindsight is always, you know, you see better things in hindsight. But, you know, we also think would have been quite key in this game, this sort of game. Even something like Willock, just for that legs of his. Yes. You know, that can take us. I mean, you, you could see it even at that game at Anfield. He played his socks off. And I mean, he gave some, uh, you know, a, a decent calling to himself. Because, you know, when you had to think what he was up against in, in that Liverpool midfield, and, he, and if we had to even put him, say, against the Spurs midfield, that wasn't also at times sure of themselves, going like, let's be serious. I mean, both teams were quite dodgy, you know, over the course of the game. But I think his legs would have also carried him a bit better in this game than, like, because for me at times, look, I know at the moment, Jackers, everybody's scapegoat. But I mean, you, you can also not deny the facts because it's the same way that that stat that came up last season where they said, uh, you know, errors leading to goals, they were up there. It was Mustafi and, and, and Jaka. And this season, it's actually Jaka that's quite far ahead with that errors leading to goals of people. Uh, I, th- I just think he doesn't fit the side. Like he doesn't add anything, man. He's not mobile enough when you add the like. If you have a likes of, if if you can go with the three of Sebayos, Quintosi, and um, Torreira, or you can even go with Willock, Sebayos, Torreira, or whatever. Like whatever three, those three are very mobile. Like he'll get, they'll make ground over the pitch very quickly. But Shaka, it seems like he he's very slow to recover from anything. Yes, yes, labor's the word. Yes, labor's the word. And then, of course, you know, Sebayos with that introduction also, it took about two minutes for him to have some sort of impact where he ended up forcing Loris into a fan. Oh, again, another super save by the Spurs keeper. Because, you know, when you first th- look at it, you think it's a straightforward shot. But when they shot it from a different angle, it was almost like a type of knuckleball the way it was traveling through the air. Because even though it was going straight, it was almost like going up and down through the air. So you could see Loris was not sure whether he's going to catch it or force the tip of the wall over. And I mean, that ball was traveling at goal. Yeah, and I, I think that, that, you know, kind of swung the pendulum, the momentum was going, the fans were up, and then it didn't take too long when Gwendozi played in a sweet ball to, to Aubameyang, who just got his studs on it to to claim the goal. But it was a very good pass from Gwendozi, and I must give him big ups for the season. And you, who started singing his praises from the start of the last season, but yeah, two two one Arsenal. I'm um, two two Arsenal, and I thought game on, we can take this. You know that ball. Uh, sometimes when I tell you, I get these flashes or flashbacks of, you know, Arsenal players before, you know, like of the past or, or other players that are playing still at the moment. But I mean, for me, that pass of of Quintosa really reminded me of something that you would see Emmanuel Petit sometimes play when he used to play for us. That we would just like. Like loft the ball, and that arc of the ball would normally get itself so it's down to you know you as a striker to read where that bend is gonna go of that ball, and you know like just put a foot out or get some sort of contact to the ball, and it'll go in. And I think that was the sort of that's what he also brings to us because you know watching him even uh, I watched a few of the the games of the France under twenty one at the European Championships where. You know, the, the sort of passes he was playing was almost like, at times, Vieira, yes. I mean, of course, I'm not, I don't want to say, oh, yeah, he's going to just be that type of player for us. But, I mean, he's you, know, the eye, you can see it, the way he's developing also now at Arsenal. He's also picking up that eye of, of you know, like the movement of his players. And I think that also with that friendship that he has with, with Lacazette and um, Aubameyang, 
it's also going to be a big, big bonus to us. And I mean, now you're going to still have people like when he, if he clicks now, say with, with someone like Pepe, or he clicks with someone like Ceballos, Ceballos is also like somebody that likes, you know, making a sort of late darting run forward. Or, I mean, look, of course, his football can also do a lot of damage. But if you think also like with, with Pepe, I mean, you just have to play it into an open pocket of space and, you know, that guy can do the rest. Yeah, I think it was a good fight back, but you know, I think leading to that offside goal of ours, Colasina should never have been offside. I mean, you as a left back or a left wing back, you should never be offside. You watch the line. I mean, it's a cardinal sin for a left back. I always mention it for a left back to be offside. And I mean, for me, if you already got the 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 right back of Spurs number for about 70, 80 minutes of the game, why do you have to do that? Because but look, by that time, I think something like the 78th minute where the commentator was just saying, uh, Donaldson Sanchez, his legs are gone. Because at, at one point, he was just like randomly kicking the ball out. He wasn't even looking where he was kicking. He was just kicking it even to some Arsenal players at times or so. And I thought to myself, there you needed now almost like a left back that had a, a somewhat cooler head. That can think, okay, look, I've got his number. His legs are gone. All you have to do is just play the ball ahead of him. I'm going to, you know, over the overlap run, I'm going to go past him already, no matter what. Yeah, I think that two two. I think you know it was, uh, a fair, I think a fair result in terms of the, the the way we threw away goals. But I do think we should have won the game. I mean, we were almost at a hard stop moment when um, Socrates, you know, just bundled Kane. Kane was looking for the free yeah. the penalty, but I mean, Socrates sometimes gives the 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 refs a reason to look at things. I mean, he should never have done that. Like you know, it was like bashed into it's, him. Yeah, he wrestles people to the ground, and that was. Something the user still has not fathomed. And I think, you know, like you've just gotten rid of one, or partially gotten rid of someone like Mustafa that's not even in the starting squad at the moment, like no, not even on the bench. And then you have somebody like, say, Socrates. He's now becoming somebody that's becoming almost like a, a headache at the moment for us to act decision wise. Because I'm at a point now where I'm thinking, look, after this, this uh, you know, international break, you know, Maybe give Callum Chambers a chance with either with David Luiz or with Socrates. But I mean, at the moment, Socrates looks more prone to make the errors. I mean, David Luiz, everybody I see was trying to give him slack. But I mean, look, that leading to that goal, uh, that first goal of Spurs, that was also down to certain passes and being, you know, through one little pass, I don't know how many people got taken out of the game. So it's not it was like, oh, there was also no protection from the midfield. So it was like that ball was getting a like a free run from that flick on right through to those inter- little bits of interchanging passes. But luckily, you know, we got the the points. Spurs don't go above us. United dropped two points and Chelsea dropped two points. And they still only do, you know, play each other besides United and Chelsea. But, you know, we still advantage Arsenal. Leicester seem a bit of a tricky team. I hope they're not going to come up with uh, their title-winning run, but for a top-four spot this season. And they are going to the international break. One thing I also want to take out of, of this game, like certain aspects also want to just also, I wouldn't say expose, but also want to like point out, um, you know, some like Pepe became quite predictable in the game. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, look, with that sort of money that you think what is worth. And of course, I've, yeah, you know, you have to also be patient with him. It's new league. and it, But I just thought to myself, look, Danny Rose is a, you know, wily character. And I think... A, it took uh, look off. Uh, I think there was a one point where Obama Young and, and Pepe also switched flanks, but I mean, 
for me, Danny Rose was reading just about every little drag back or pullback. So, I mean, he was almost like, Pepe was almost like quite predictable in the game. Because I thought he was going to bring something different, you know, like footwork-wise or running-wise. Because, look, most of his stuff was being snuffed out that he was not trying. And I just think he needs to somehow also, you know, kind of adapt quicker. And also bring something new to his game. Because, look, there's now going to be a new league for him. I mean, everybody's going to probably see, okay, this is how you can, uh, you know, stifle him. With, with not giving him really that, that's almost like a sort of space to burn. Because, look, his pace can't damage any team. So I just think he needs to alter his game somewhat, or maybe, you know, for maybe a certain part of the game or certain games, you know, let the ball get played ahead of you. Because, you know, you're, look, yes. all taking part, because there's not many, you know, really fast defenders in the Premier League. So, you know, let, let that the ball take its course. And then also, I want to make mention, uh, Torreira, I don't know, there's something, I don't know, maybe he's still now not up to scratch with the tempo. But, I mean, for me, he still looks sort of, Lost or bewildered, like we should be in the team, and I think that is also where I'm to you know where a bit of criticism should also go now to Una Emery. I mean, I know you know you have to also be patient with him, but for me, it's almost like the clock is also ticking on him because look, he's now entering probably about his last eight months at the club before you know if, if things are not going to go, you get any better position wise in the league. I mean, he could see himself out of a job come next season because look that is how the game is going to be uh, now the way Arsenal are going to be run since we have a head coach now it's going to be up to him to do the matters on the field he's got now the backing of the board he's got the players that he wanted so I mean it's down to him now because as you said that's also something I want to do to point out that thing where you mentioned with the defending surely you can see where the errors are occurring in, in games where look you can even take analysis of last season where errors are happening and for some reason, he's not getting it really into them. That you know, you are making errors, especially in these from the like say 38th minute to the 45th minute, an injury time as well. Yeah, and, and it's not getting addressed. And I think the biggest problem with Una Emre is he, he doesn't know who his best 11 is. Mm. And I mean, for me, also another thing that, that was fall away is the I find that that, that with a five captain thing ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um. I still don't think what was for me where he puts himself in such a, a dilemma now. He's putting almost like one other probably at the, look, let's be fair, like straightforward about this. At the moment, Jaka is not really in, in most Arsenal fans' good books. Like I'm not talking about just of this era now, I'm, lead, I'm talking about things that people have picked up of his game. And now he's made him captain. And I'm probably, I don't know, trying to probably up his, his, his morale or so. Maybe he thinks, okay, he will step up to the plate. But, I mean, I still have seen, like, you know, a real captain's performance from him. So, I mean, he's yeah, not... Now where, where it's almost like Xhaka is going to become almost like undroppable. No matter how many errors he's making, he still has to be in because he's, like, you know, in inverted commas, the first choice captain. Yeah, I think it's, there's, there's a lot of restructuring that needs to be done. But, you know, we, we've, we've taken a big step in that direction with us offloading some players now. Oh, well, yeah, I was actually shocked with the... I mean, that thing really came out of nowhere, if you think of that Mkhitaryan loan deal to Roma. I did not really expect that. I mean, look, we already prepared ourselves, okay, Montreal to Sociedad. It yeah. was a deal going into that the Spurs game. It was just whether they would not take the chance of, like, playing him in that final game. Like, probably what would have been the final game for him. Or, uh, you know, it was going to be a straightforward move. But I really thought it would have been actually cool for that as a farewell game for him. 
Maraka that being said, that now didn't happen. He went straight, it was an straight uh, done deal. And then, of course, with Mkhitaryan uh, to Roma, that thing, I think it was about Sunday night. I was just about to go to bed. And then I just started seeing everything trending with Mkhitaryan. I'm thinking, like, what's going on? And then they just, when I saw that like, he was going to arrive in, in, uh, in Roma the, the Monday morning to do the medical already. And I mean, for me, what was kind of annoying with uh, his comments, because he did an interview, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday. And he said, like, you know, the reason he left was lack of, of opportunities. And, and I think it was, uh, dude, you got, I don't know, how many opportunities in the starting eleven. You've got sometimes at times even like uh, 35 or even close to a half. Like, when, you know, when anybody would make it halftime changes, I thought, you know, you could have been a game changer there. And there was just really nothing coming from him. Like, even you look at the North London derby, he came on on the left-hand side. You know, and when he, there was a charge when he almost like broke free alone, but you just didn't see anything happening from him. He just doesn't have that expected to, yeah. you know, go on and do something special. Maybe I had that Dortmund. Take nothing against, like nothing away from him, but it just didn't happen for him in the Premier League at all. I mean, you saw United and Arsenal, he just didn't need the ground running. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think also what was kind of frustrating, it's almost like if he's not in that right frame of mind, you can forget about any sort of impact that you're going to get on the field from him. Because, like, if he comes on like sulking, that is the performance you're going to get on the pitch as well. So, you know, it's not like somebody that, that you know, gets subbed in. And you can actually see that fire going, you know. The yeah. one, the one that look at that, that Ceballos. The guy was like, uh, you know, naked against Liverpool, like walled off. And you think, okay, is he going to sulk or whatever? And you watch him the way he came on against mm-hmm. Spurs, fired up, wanting to get the ball, you know, asking for the ball even. And that is something where, even like like players like say with Özil also, like when the chips are down, you don't see someone like Özil asking for the ball or even Mkhitaryan. Whereas Sebayos, you would like look. We were at that time when he came on two one down, and still he's already going. Look, give me the ball, give me the ball. I'm gonna do something here. But but you can see somebody could take. Um, I mean, Sebayos could you know take the Mesut Ozil role in the team, and suddenly don't miss the Mesut Ozil. So you know, January transfer window could also be interesting if they decide you know let Ozil like you mentioned, you know, tell Real Madrid, you know, you can have Ozil. And we all take Sebeus. And I'm sure Sebeus is quite passionate. I mean, you saw how we celebrated in the North London derby from the bench even. That, they, that Una Emery camp they have now to watch, you know, how he celebrates for the goal. But it seemed like, you know, Sebeus went on more than Una Emery did when Arsenal scored. Have you read an article about um, Arsenal or Edu actually having asked uh, Real Madrid about uh, Vinicius Jr.? Because he actually wanted to take him oh, on. Oh, no. I didn't read that. Because look at the moment, he's now you know quite low down in the picking order. Since look, Real Madrid's whole game plan is now based on uh, you know one of the forwards and then more the midfield. You know everything is not just based on midfield attack, attack. So I don't know. I think they might. Who knows? They might you know try the end again, getting him like maybe for off season loan or something like that, just for him to also get some games under his belt. But um, with regards to uh, like for us attacking players, I think Arsenal probably might go again in for the Zaha thing because look, a lot of money has now been freed up if you just take this past month now, also. Yeah, and then you, I think, look, Ryan Fraser could also be another option if we need because I think we do need more tricky wingers for one of uh, one or other flankers. Look, 
in some games uh, with with uh, regards to luck as it took he actually asked to be subbed the other day uh, yes. in, under derby so you know if you're going to have say some like Obama Young spear the attack then at least look you've got some like say Reese Nelson you've got uh, Pepe and then you can maybe bring in another one or two players also to you know you know more established players to come in that can actually take ground running no, that's true because I mean you look at the Europa League coming up now. We think that that phase now of the season where there's more workload for the guys. So you know, an extra body who can add quality doesn't harm because you will be playing about at least thirty games in the season because like I said, the Bowling and Pepe can't play everything. It, it just doesn't work like that. I'm actually excited also to see you know a, a bigger impact made by by Martinelli as well because I think. Oh, yes, what about him actually? When you have now, because I think we actually got quite a uh, solid squad now. So now just down to them to, you know, to perform. Because look, um, in this international break, look, uh, I mentioned a week or two back, there's also planned like for two behind the, or one or two behind the door, behind closed doors for at least for Tierney and Bellerin. And I think probably Holding will probably take part in that as well. Because I think of the three, Holding is actually closest to being back in the, in the uh, squad, the first team squad, actually. So, you know, going into that game is going to be important. I think also that League Cup game that we've, when we've placed Nottingham Forest in the third round of the League Cup. I mean, that's also going to be important for people like Saka and, and Rhys Nelson to probably... Because look, Rhys Nelson, I think he's... Not, I wouldn't say his form, but I think his mental state also needs to be built up again because I think he actually felt also, you know, a bit off in that, that Burnley game where, you know, it wasn't really creating much. And I think now he's, you know, got something to prove now for the coming games. Yeah, if, if, if the guys hit the ground running, the squad can do very well. And I can see us, you know, pushing a top four spot and then doing a good cup run in, in all domestic competitions. And obviously, I think fighting for the Europa League again. Yeah. So we'll draw into our podcast. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic Saturday. Uh, of course, no <laughs> Arsenal games. <laughs> but, you know, International games can keep you occupied if there's anything you can pick out. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good weekend.